0: Friends, it really is an honor for us to have one of our fathers, in fact, our father in the house this evening. 1987, Bill and Connie Bennett arrived in Johannesburg, South Africa with a three-year-old son, Ben, and Connie pregnant with their second, Adam, coming out to a place which they had no idea what was in store but they knew God had called them. And in 1987, they started a work on the campus. And Bill, I just wanna say that we are so grateful that you and Connie responded to the word of the Lord. Because folks, everything that you see around here was birthed back then in their hearts when they came onto the campus at Wits in 1987. A Few years later, a young man moved up from Cape Town with a passion to establish a church, and he was full of the fire of the spirit of God and a healthy degree of arrogance. And as he walked onto the campus, he saw another church, didn't give it too much thought, but Bill welcomed that young man in and said, we love you, we support you, we will be with you, anything you need, we've got you. And two years later, that young man became part of Bill's church, part of Bill's team, and continue to build alongside Bill to see what you see today. And I know because I was that young man. And Bill, I just want to say we are so grateful. We are so grateful for what you and Connie have done. We love you. You will always be our mom and dad, and we open our hearts to you. Let's put our hands together for Bill this morning, this evening. Amen.
1: Thank you so much. Um, wow, wow. Well, that was a while ago. That's 31 years ago. Carly, how about that? Wow, it is like so rich in here. I mean, that was so powerful. I mean, the glory's here. Yeah. Do you know there are. Hundreds of songs in the atmosphere of this room. Yeah. Hundreds of songs. You can't hear them, but if you have the right receiver and you tune into the correct frequency, you're going to get your sound. You'll get your music, your jazz, your blues, your reggae, your hip hop, your classical, your gospel, right? Well, you know the glory's in here, and we are the primary receiver. And the Holy Spirit's passion is to tune us into Jesus' frequency. Yeah. That's what worship is. That's what the word is. That's what praying is. It's just allowing our spirits, our hearts to get just tuned in for the gl- glory's here. It's not coming, it's here. Yeah. How many can, how many notice that? Yeah, it really is. That's what that worship does. Just allows us just to, to tune in that correct but right place. And just and and see, people think that it's kind of one-way traffic. It's all this noise going up. Let me tell you, you can't out-sing God. <laughs> He's singing to you. How many have heard Jesus sing to them? Raise their hand. I, yeah. Do you know he sings to you? And you're saying how wonderful he is. He's going, man, you're amazing too. No, really. This This is a dance. This is a romance. Who do you think came up with the idea of singing? You think that started with us? God is a singer. The angelic realm. This exchange. This beautiful, glorious, powerful exchange. In fact, I just... A couple things. In fact, I heard, it was this morning that I heard these words, but the Holy Spirit never gave me any um, liberty to share them. But I, there's, I want to pray for some people in here. There's such an, a wonderful atmosphere for healing and breakthrough and revelation and the prophetic. And it's not just up here with the gifted guy on the stage. It's with his bride, his body. Do you know you, do you, know you hear God? Sometimes you don't know it, but you do. It's in this place. There's some, I've, I've several things. Um, I, um, a, 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 a groin issue, a strained groin, a problem in the groin area um, there. Uh, also, a right wrist, problem with your right wrist. And I feel like the groin injury is just, it's, it's nagging, it just keeps reoccurring. Got a problem in the groin area. Uh, the right wrist, and then also something with the jaw. I don't know if it's like a a clicking, you know, and, and the discomfort and the pain. Sometimes it gets locked or maybe like TMJ syndrome. So I got those three words. If you have any of those three, would you stand to your feet? Any of those? Go ahead. This is for, all right. Get it while the going's good. There you go. All right. Fantastic. Anybody else? I got those three. All right. Fantastic. Now, this is what we're going to do. This is how it works. The most significant demographic in this season is all of us. It's everybody. Really. I mean, the Holy Spirit is absolutely determined to unleash His bride, His body. Not just a part or a piece or a leader. That's the one thing I'm seeing in an unprecedented way. The body of Christ, the bride... But sons and daughters of the Most High God releasing, being vehicles of glory. And so what I want to do, so you're either standing for the, 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 the groin issue, you may have pain now, uh, the, the jaw and the right wrist. Now what I want you to do, this is, we, see the body ministers to the body. Isn't that right? Sure. When you're, when you're somewhere in your body, there's an issue. Well, white blood cells and other things will come. Your immune system comes to its aid. Well, that's what we are. That's what we have. You have that. It's in you. It's a part of your design. It really is. And so... I want, if you're seated around someone that's standing up, I want you to get up and lay your hand. First of all, find out what it is. Find out if it's the wrist, if it's the groin area, or if it's the jaw. And I just want you just to gently just begin to pray for them right now. Just begin to do that. Come on. Let's get, let's not be shy. This is the no shy zone. Come on, this is the no-shy zone. Come on, just pray for them right now. And you begin to pray, and then you pray for a few moments, and then I'm going to pray a general prayer over them. Then we're going to see a breakthrough in their lives. You're going to see a wonderful breakthrough. So just go ahead. Come on, pray out. Get noisy. Get noisy. Come on, release that faith. Just begin to speak that word of healing over them. Once you find out it is whatever it is that you're praying for right now, Thank you, Father. Ha, 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 ha. Come on. Speak to it. Command it to be restored, to line up with divine design. Come on. Yeah. For breakthrough right now. Right now. <laughs> So Father, I do. I just agree. Just keep praying now. Just keep praying. Father, I agree with those prayers that are being prayed. This is your body. This is your church. These are your sons and daughters that are full of glory, that are full of your presence, that are full of your redemptive package. And in the name of Jesus, right now, we just see the healing virtue uh, uh, being released right now. Jehovah Rophe. We speak right now at a cellular level to the, to the, um, to the growing Area to the damaged muscle right now, the tear we command it to restore all pain, go all inflammation, cease and desist right now. That right wrist be healed, wrist be restored, all pain, all malfunction, cease in Jesus' name. That jaw, TMA uh, 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 syndrome, all that clicking, all that pain right now. The way it locks up, we loosen all pain, go right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, I want you to ask Him just. Just test it out. Just check and see if they see a difference. Come on, ask them to check it out right now. Go ahead. Ask them, just check it out. How many, how many, and if you have, if suddenly you've had an instant change, I want you to raise your hand. If suddenly you've had an instant change, right here, praise God. Who else? Right here, right there, right there, right there. Come on, right there, come on, come on. Come on, come on, yeah, yeah, and it's okay to pray a second time, Jesus did, yeah, I mean the God of the universe had to say it twice, so we might have to say it three or four times but we're going to get it, why? Because Jesus paid for it, this is what lives on the inside of you, this is who you are, Jesus, Paul wasn't using hyperbole when he said we are seated in the heavenly places in Christ. He wasn't kidding. It wasn't metaphor. That's the place we live from, but we have an enemy that tries to use the natural realm to give us a lower picture, a diminished picture of the place we live from and what we possess because of what Jesus paid for. How many have never heard me speak before? Raise your hand that's a lot of people. Don't you go on Facebook? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> all right. That's cool, though. That's all right. That means I get to say stuff I've always said, and I got a brand new audience again, <laughs> except for the front row. Darian could probably preach everything I know. Right here. Now, whenever I get in with a group of people that I've not been with before, I have to do this. This is so important. You gotta know what this is. There there is no book like this book. No book like this book. This is the most dangerous, powerful bunch of paper on the planet. Want to know why this book is, there's no book like this book? Is because what's in the book won't stay in the book. What's on the page won't stay on the page. When you open it, it opens you. When you get in it, it gets in you. Got a new thought for you. When I go to spend time with my friend Darian, we do go way back, don't we? You were a little arrogant, not a lot, just a little bit. He was easy to love, though, because he had a great wife. (laughs) But when I, here it is, you ready? When I go to spend time With my friend Darian, he knows I'm there. Does that make sense? Were you ready for this? When you go to spend time in the Word, it knows. The Word of God is not just ink on paper. Hebrews 4.12, it's living and active. This thing has a mind of its own. The word of God is conscious of your visit. And when you show up with the least bit of faith, the least bit of hunger, it begins to make you what it is. So if you don't want to change, you better get out now. Seriously. No book like this book. No word like this word. And just with, I'm looking at that clock, man, does does time go faster in Joburg than Cape Town? I think so. You guys are a whole lot faster here. I'm on Cape Town time. Oh, I am. No, I'm kidding. It's not that bad. I still drive in Cape Town like I do in Joburg. We're discipling them down there. Okay, would you open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 4? Is a very, very, very simple word, but very profound in its application. And if you want to give this a title, you couldn't do it this morning. I mean, we were all over the place this morning, but you call this the anatomy of a miracle, the, 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 the recipe of the miraculous. Mark chapter 4, the atmosphere of the miraculous. And this is a very familiar story for most of us, if not all of us. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And on that day evening had come, and he said to them, let us go over to the other side. And leaving the multitude, they took him along with them just as he was in the boat. Other boats were were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and waves were breaking over the boat. So much that the boat was filling up. He himself was... In the stern, asleep on the cushion, they awoke him and said, Teacher, don't you care? We're going down. We're going to die. And being aroused, he rebuked the wind, said to the sea, Hush up, be still. The wind died down. It became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you so timid? How is it that you have no faith? They became very much afraid, said to each other, Woo, who is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Now, we notice a very obvious miracle, don't we? What is the miracle? It's the stilling of the storm, right? He speaks to the natural, physical elements, and they obey, right? That's pretty cool. I mean, how many have ever had that experience with weather? You have. Some have. I've only read about it. I've only seen it on YouTube, (laughs) I've never had it personally, but I know there are people that have. If you've ever read Maltari, like a muddy, mighty rushing wind. In fact, uh, he's, he's around somewhere in South Africa. I mean, it, it is just mind-boggling. How God gave them incredible uh, ability to, I mean, in, in the middle of monsoons in Indonesia in the 1960s, incredible revival. They walked on water. They would walk in monsoons, and it would be dry, ten, uh, five feet in front of them, five feet behind them, and right or left as they walked. I mean, so that's, but I, I, in fact, I saw a YouTube clip. It was last year. And there was a church, and there was a tornado coming right toward the church. Anybody else see that? And they, and they came outside. They, you know, they came outside the church, and they all just start doing the charismatic. You know, They're just praying in tongues. We're da, 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 rebuking it. It's literally coming for them, and you can watch it just completely dissipate. It's pretty cool. You can look it up on YouTube later. Don't do it now. Don't do it. Okay. God is watching. So anyway, that's what's happening here. Now, what's interesting about this miracle is that Jesus is simply um, simply speeding up, accelerating a natural process, right? Because we know that eventually storms stop, rain diminishes, seas quiet and calm isn't that right but yet why do we call it a miracle because it happened quick right (laughs) we call it a miracle because it happened fast suddenly now i was um i got saved on a university campus back in the 1970s and um I was a, I was I was a wrestler. Um, well, I was I was a student, but actually I went to university in a wrestling scholarship. You know, um, what can I, what, well, you know, I, not WWE. That's all fake. You know, <laughs> those are all wannabes. You know, <laughs> pretty bad wannabes though, man. They're bad to the bone. But real Olympic wrestling. That was what I did, and I went to university on a wrestling scholarship. And they had reses dormitories just for the the scholarship athletes, wrestlers, swimmers, football players, etc. And so I was staying in Gibbs Hall, which was the res for all the athletes. And um, every floor had a cleaning person. Had a person, you know, athletes don't clean things, <laughs> you know, and uh, especially you know young guys. But so every every floor had its own cleaning person, and our cleaning person was Margaret, and she was probably you know maybe you know about five foot tall, probably in her mid to late sixties, maybe early seventies, and so I had just we had literally myself and a few other guys from our wrestling team had just got we I mean I got born again I think maybe a, about a month before. We had a mini revival on that university campus among wrestlers and whatnot. We got born again and just a visitation from God. And anyway, we had just, we were about to leave for, for our training session. And here comes Margaret and we greet her and we say, hi, Margaret, how are you? And she says, I'm not doing so good, boys. And she, you couldn't hardly even hear. She was, we, we felt her head, she was, she was so, had a high fever, she had strep throat, I mean, you could, she could only talk like this. She could talk no lo- louder than that. So we said, can we pray for you? And she said, sure. We prayed for her, and I, I promise you, watch the video in heaven. I'm not exaggerating. She was healed in 10 seconds, completely. In 10 seconds, she got her voice back. Her fever was gone. She was completely healed in 10 seconds. Now, we call that a healing miracle question what if she didn't get it right then what if 10 minutes later she's healed would we still call that a healing miracle yeah of course because you don't get rid of that stuff in 10 minutes what about 10 hours yeah I think we'd probably credit some divine intervention there 10 hours yeah how about 10 days no (laughs) sorry we wouldn't we wouldn't We would just sort of think that was the natural course of things. You see, here's the point. Something happening quickly may be the evidence of a miracle, but that's not what makes it a miracle. you got to know that. Something happening quickly doesn't make it a miracle. It's the evidence of a miracle. But what is a miracle? A miracle is simply divine intervention into the natural course of events. It's supernatural influence, impact, effect in the natural realm. That's what a miracle is. Look it up. Simply that. The miraculous is when the supernatural, unseen, transcendent realm shows up in the physical, natural world to bring effect, change of some kind. That's the miracle. Well, guess what? In this story, there is a bigger miracle than stilling the storm. Most people have never seen it. There's a much bigger miracle in this story. Let me give you the picture so you can see it. Here we have, it says Jesus was asleep in the stern on a cushion. And what does it say? It says that the storm was overflowing into the boat and the boat was filling up with water. Now, considering the fact... Now, let me just ask you this question. Do you think Jesus was pretending to be asleep? No, it says he was asleep. He wasn't pretending to be asleep. It said he was asleep on a cushion in the stern. But the boat's filling up, and sterns fill up first. Do you think that if you had ocean water... Pouring onto you, you would still be asleep. Here's the point. Why, why didn't it wake Jesus up? The reason why was because what went completely unnoticed is that his side of the boat wasn't filling up. There was no water his side of the boat. The atmosphere of his side of the boat was, we're going to the other side. And they didn't notice. Hey, wait a minute, Jesus, we're going down, but he's not. And you know what? It's the same boat. You know, if he don't go down, we don't go down. That's what's happening here. And they don't notice. They don't realize that he's dry. He's sleeping. He's chilling. He's in a good space, doing pretty well. While they think they're all going down. What's happening here? See, I'd like to say this. The problem is not no miracles. The problem is not noticing. The problem is not less miraculous. The problem is not noticing. Same thing with Jacob when he came to Luz in Genesis, and he went to sleep and had this incredible supernatural encounter. And when he woke up, he says, "Woo! God is in this place." It's kind of Jacobitis. It afflicts a lot of the church. Woe are you because you don't recognize the time, the day, the place, the reality of your visitation. Now, why? Why didn't they notice? Primarily, two reasons why we don't notice. Same two reasons why we don't notice. Real quick. Number one, amplified problem. Amplified problem. See, the enemy does not have this endless arsenal, but he does have um, this massive amplifier. He is the master at making lack louder and larger than life. He's able to, um, he's able to take problems, magnify them to ridiculous proportions. I have three sons and a daughter, and one of my sons, I can't remember who it was. Probably, it might have been Ben. I can't remember. No, Adam. He was the trouble child. No, I'm kidding. I, no, they're all great. But one of my sons was having a bad mom moment. He was like eight, nine years old. And he just was, you know, my, and maybe Connie did forget to do something that she was supposed to do. It's possible. It does happen when your parents juggling everything. But he suddenly, he's mad. He's got a bad mom moment. And she, she's a bad mom. I don't like mom. She's a bad mom. And I, I remember, I, I, would, I wouldn't have done it, but I thought about it. In fact, I don't think he was nine. No, I think he was like seven or eight. Something like seven or eight. Mom's a bad mom. And I said, I said do you have any idea what it cost her so you can live? I mean, if I'd have had a human biology book so I could show them the pictures and just absolutely flip them out, that's what she did, dude. She's, she's only one of two people who, who get in the way of a charging rhinoceros for you. And you got a bad mom. You know what I'm saying? It's amazing how all of a sudden, you know, it just gets Ridiculous problems just sort of cloud out everything. I, I, um, I was, and um, I, I can't remember, it might have been here when I was pastoring here. I think it was here. In fact, it was here. It was in this, this place right here. And you know, we pray for people for healing, and we just always doing altar calls. And I remember, and a guy had a cold. He had a cold. And he wanted me to pray for him, you know, for healing. But he was mad at God. And, and before I prayed for him, I was like, well, where's God? It was, you know, he just had a bad, he was mad at God because he had a cold. Now, my dad was a doctor. I know a little bit about sickness and disease. He was mad at God because he had a cold. Where's God? If God loves me, why am I sick? I said, dude, you have any idea how many sicknesses are out there? Any. 30,000 and counting. Yeah. And they discover many every week. I mean, here's thousands upon thousands of sicknesses and diseases that the enemy has in his arsenal that he wants to stick on you 24-7 because he hates your flipping guts. And all he gets through on you is a cold and God's not good. Do we have any idea? You have an enemy, demon spirits everywhere, darkness everywhere, and their whole mindset is your destruction, your catastrophes, sickness and disease. Every now and again, they get lucky. Every now and again, something squeaks through. But you know how much is kept off your life? Come on! There is divine intervention on you and around you nonstop. Seriously, 99.99% of the enemy's arsenal has no way to penetrate the bloodline of Jesus around your life. And even every now and again when he gets lucky, we still boot him out. Think about that. Someone driving down, and I understand you don't want to get a, a flat tire or a puncture on the highway, but... Some Christian, you know, driving, gets a puncture, gets out of the car. Oh, God, where are you? you kidding me. Do you know how many calamities the enemy has in his arsenal? And you're going, God, where are you? Uh, You all know Pastor Ray McCauley? Pastor Ray, we were good friends. I mean, I haven't spoke to Ray for some time, but we're great friends. And he actually told me this himself. (laughs) That he had one of his, a businessman in his church. was, I mean, really going through it. I mean, lost... I mean, his business tanked. You know, his wife ran off with a saxophone player. His dog died. I mean, it was like pretty bad stuff. You know, it was it was like it was bad on steroids. And so, really, and so the guy he's in Ray's office, right? And the guy's got his head down. He start, He goes. He says this. Oh, Pastor Ray, Pastor Ray, all I got left is God. And so, so Ray lifts up his chin, looks him in the eye and says, and the problem is, now he's not trying to be insensitive, but when you evoke, you know, when you evoke, all I got is God, you know, come on, get real here. We we, we prop the enemy, problems are real and it's not about being insensitive but it's about getting perspective how much of the supernatural is going on but we don't notice because the amplification that we of that problem of that situation to the point that it's crazy so first i give you so first we don't notice the miraculous because of an amplified problem the second reason is because of that which is common that which is ordinary That which is a constant, okay? What was Jesus doing? He was sleeping, right? I mean, one of the most common, constant, ordinary things you will ever do. And when something is ordinary or common, we can lose sight of how special it is. Listen, there's no doubt. Sleeping is common, but when you don't have much of it, you realize how special it really is. Right? See, one of, the, one of the main reasons why so many Christians don't recognize what the Holy Spirit is doing with them or through them is because He uses things that are natural to them. And somehow they think because it's natural, it can't be supernatural. He partnered. What did you think Jesus was? He was natural and supernatural. He was human and divine. That's the pattern. He's exceptional, but he's not an exception. That's the standard. That's the norm. He uses our thoughts. See, we think if it's supernatural, then we got to have glory clouds. And I love, I've seen them. I love glory clouds. But let me tell you something. Boy, I have a more constant connection with the supernatural than occasional glory cloud. I've got his presence. He said he would never leave me, forsake me. He said, whatever Jesus do, we'll do more of. Come on. That's what this is all about. But he uses your thoughts. You know, the words I gave you? I didn't have an angel come and whisper in my ear. And I know God did that with Paul Cain. Paul Cain would have an angel whisper in his ear. And his ear would get beat red. You'd see his ear glow like Rudolph's nose. Seriously, when Paul Cain. Um, the same thing happens with, um, gosh, can't remember his name. I'm 60 now. That's why That happens sometimes. That happens. Um, yes, I can't remember. Golly, um, oh, anyway, but, but that didn't happen to me. I just, just boom, there I was worshiping, and I suddenly, I hear, you know, I hear groin injury. Sometimes I see body parts. Sometimes I see, sometimes I do. Sometimes it's just, I just see a picture, like a, you know, a, a scapula, you know, running past, you know, like, like a wild zebra, you know, on the Kalahari Desert, Seriously, sometimes that's all. I just see a picture. Sometimes I get a feeling in my body. See, pay attention. The voice, the language of the Holy Spirit partners with you naturally. Yes, He'll do supernatural, crazy stuff, but He starts with just you. Often, when you feel sensations, when you feel pains that aren't yours, look around. A friend of mine was flying in a jet overseas. Suddenly, he gets this intensive chest pain. He thinks he's having a heart attack. He's going, God, I'm having a heart attack. And God says, not you, stupid, the lady behind you. (laughs) Oh, her. Stands up on his seat, lays his hands on her, gets her completely healed. Sometimes it's just an odd conversation. Suddenly, I I went to uh, get my hair cut by somebody and I'm in there and all of a sudden they start telling me they give me their kind of physical kind of they just start telling me about you know they got to get their uh, their their sinuses you know um done surgically something done their face is going to be opened up and told me about her shoulder and her hip and when they I'm going what in the why is she telling me this stuff what are you doing I'm not your confessor I'm not your doctor no but I'm a child of God that can do something. So I said, well, you know, and I talked a little bit about what I'd seen God do here in Africa, and I got to pray for her from head to toe, and she got completely healed. And it was simply just recognizing that's odd. Strangers don't normally give you a download of their physical condition. Sometimes it's just God putting someone in your proximity, in your path, and you just notice. That's all I need. That should be all you need. Just notice. I'm serious. If you really want to walk in who you really are, your true identity in Christ, then you need to notice. <clears throat> now, when you first get saved, he forces notice on you. He does. He did on me. I'm serious. He will force notice on you. But as you get older in the Lord, he wants you to press into notice. When I first got saved, I could not. This is, I'm just confessing this is true. I had the worst language imaginable. I mean, I could not put one sentence together without an F-bomb. And I'm not talking about faith, freedom, (laughs) flowers, family. No, I'm talking about the F-bomb. Seriously, my own mom, my own mother called me potty mouth. I could not string one sentence together without cussing. Then when I got born again, really born again, I was, everybody thought I was quiet. When I first got saved, I wouldn't talk. You know why? Because I, 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 I just figured you don't F-bomb in church. I just figured, man, they're not going to like me if I start talking. So I wouldn't say anything for the first week or two. They thought I was like real shy, real quiet. Then eventually I had to talk. And guess what? When I did, no Fs came out. Seriously. Not one. It was like that's divine intervention. I didn't take a class on how not to cuss. That was the supernatural. I'm going. That's a big deal. Now I can talk again. But it was like over and over again. I got saved in September, October, the end of October. In the states, a thing called Halloween. You know what Halloween is? Do y'all have? Do we have Halloween here. I can't remember. I don't, I never did it here, but I did it in the States, and so, but on the campus, you know, you go trick-or-treating, you go and get, you know, go door-to-door and get candy. Now, mostly that's with kids, but they did it on the campus, and um, a couple of days after that, I went over to, I'd already been saved, born again, and I went to see a couple of my friends who weren't saved, who weren't born again, because I wanted to share with them, and I got, came into the room, and they had a whole bag of candy, whole bag, and in that bag... I reached in. they were all kind of candy bars and sweet tarts. And, and I, pull, I just reached in and grabbed out bazooka bubblegum. Does anybody know what bazooka bubblegum is? No? Anyway, real famous bubblegum in the States. And everyone had a comic. Everyone had a comic. And on the comic, it, under the comic, it had a fortune. Had a fortune. And so... When I, I took the bubble gum, and I, I was almost going to read the fortune, and I thought, no, you're not supposed to do that when you're a Christian. So I rumpled it up, and I threw it in the garbage, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, read that fortune. I mean, I felt this, this kind of holy compulsion to get back in the garbage can, take it out. And you know what it said? Angels guard your every step. Now, man, I've chewed a lot of bazooka bubble gum, but I had never, ever had angels guarding my every step. And God just, and, and then just, to, so all of, so God wanted him, he was making sure I'm noticing. I could give you cartoons, Tom and Jerry cartoons. I don't have time that I'd walk past the television set, sit down and watch. And it was literally God's cartoon. Incredible that I'd never seen before. And then finally, it was wintertime. A couple of months later, God wanted me to notice what happened. There was a major snowstorm in Knoxville, Tennessee. Travel advisory warnings. Nobody's supposed to be out on the road. I live five miles off campus. And I just felt I was supposed to go to campus and share the gospel with those two guys, those friends of mine. And, and there was six inches of frozen snow covering my entire car. I had a Plymouth Fury car. Didn't have snow tires. Didn't have chains. All the, this, the roads were snowed over and iced over. And when I, but I knew I was supposed to go. And I got out of my car, and I, I just cleaned off the windscreen in the back window. I got in the car, and I just prayed. I said, Father, put an angel on my car. Keep me on the road. Keep me safe until I get to campus. Sure enough, I drive the five miles I get there. I, it suddenly dawned on me as I'm pulling in the parking lot, I didn't slide. I didn't even notice. I had no stress. It was like I, it was like I didn't even notice that I was in danger for five miles. Never sliding, never slipping, nothing. I pull into the, into the parking lot, get out of the car, start walking away. And all of a sudden, that still small voice says, look on the top of your car. And so I turned around to look, and I couldn't really see. But, you know, Plymouth Furies are very tall cars. They're very big cars. And I couldn't really see. So I had to get up on top of the car next to me and look down. And there was a footprint this big. This big melted down all the way through six inches of ice and snow. Big, one big foot, this big. There was an angel, man, just slaloming, you know, just doing this on my car, you know, kind of thing. Now, God didn't have to show that to me, but he wanted me to notice. Now, I I intentionally lean into the fact that that's my responsibility. He's not going to rub my nose in it anymore. He wants me to choose to realize this is, this is our design. This is our destiny. Everything is supernatural. Everything is supernatural. You know, I find it ironic. I find it very, very ironic someone disbelieving in miracles while being one. We live on a miracle every day. I know I'm going long, but you, uh, forgiveness is easier to ask for than permission. Sorry. not. So, sorry, I just, I had to go like real short today, so I'm making up for it, but we're almost done, this is good, this is really good. We are literally prolific, I mean, it's incredible, abundant life spinning in a space where there is none. You've got to realize that. We are in the midst of abundant, prolific life, spinning in a space that is completely hostile to life. Dr. Hugh Ross. Dr. Hugh Ross did a a, a mathematical computation. He looked at 123 um, uh, 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 characteristics. 23, 123, all of which were necessary for life to exist on this planet, as it is for us to exist. He looked at them, and what's the probability that we could have life on this planet without divine intervention, without miracles, and the probability is 1 in 10 to the 360th power. There are... Atoms, A-T-O-M-S, atoms, there's only 10 to the 80th power atoms in the known universe. It's just not possible. This earth itself, we live on a miracle every day, but we don't notice. It's divine intervention, and its primary occupant, occupants, you and me, are. Um, I, I wrote it down. What's his name? Just trying to remember his name. I'm closing with this. Oh, yeah, Dr. Ali Benazar. Dr. Ali Benazar did a study. He did research and he looked at all the things that would have to happen for the one and only you to exist. All the, all the relationships, everything that would have to happen for you to exist. To see what is, the, what is the probability that you could exist, you, the one and only you, without divine intervention. And he proved that the probability was non-existent. In fact, it would be equivalent to two and a half million people all having one dice with one trillion sides on each dice. And the probability that you could exist without a miracle, without divine intervention, is equivalent to two and a half million people throwing their one trillion sided dice and coming up on the same side. It doesn't happen, never could, never will. Everything. About your life is supernatural. You are not natural life pursuing the supernatural. You are supernatural life being realized through everything that's natural. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We have been fed bunch of rubbish because somehow we have physical bodies we live in a material realm that it's of a lower order and yet God created the spirit realm the supernatural created this material world this natural world And it has been redeemed. It it has been set free into the glory of the children of God. The anxious longing of creation. All of creation waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. The treasuries of glory in all of creation that God has hidden is through the sons and daughters of God. But we got to notice. We got to notice. We got to notice. This is who we are. This is what we're made for. To live naturally, supernatural everywhere. It's it's our sweet spot. It's our God zone. It's the thing that's most consistent with our design and nature. And to live any less is to live diminished, dysfunctional, damaged with every head bowed, every eye closed it's time to live that lifestyle it's time for that awareness that we have been seated in the heavenly places in Christ and we have no right to live any other way it's not even an option It's like it's not even an option. We have a choice, but not every, we have a right to choose, but not every choice is our right. The only right choice is to let that spirit that fills us move through us everywhere and all the time. And there's some people here, and this is not a a call for salvation, but this is a call to freedom. This is a call to freedom. This is a call to notice. This is a call to pay attention. This is a call to say yes to the language of the Holy Spirit that is speaking to us and leading us every day. We're crying out for the Spirit, but we don't pay attention, and we don't respond. Well, it's time to notice. It's time to respond. If you're kind of here, and you know, that's, boy, that's me. I need that upgrade. I need to notice. It is time to live the supernatural lifestyle everywhere. Not just here on Sunday in great worship or in a mission to to Zambia or in some prayer line, but I mean out there in your working world, in your classrooms. It says the Holy Spirit is your advantage in everything. And if you're here and you've not lived that way, you have lived lower Jesus said, it is to your advantage I go away. Why? Because he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, when he fills you, should shouldn't, he doesn't fill you to be wasted. He doesn't fill you to be unemployed. He doesn't fill you to be bored and sidelined. He fills you to show up. He fills you and he wants you to notice. And if you're here and you need to notice, you need that. Would you raise your hand right now if that's you? Just all across the auditorium. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Let's all stand to our feet. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to close with this. Everybody stand to your feet. If you raised your hand, I want you quickly to come right down front right now. If you raised your hand quickly, just come right down front right here, right, right here. If you raise your hand quickly, just come down front. I know we've gone over a little bit. I'm really sorry. But, well, no, I'm not. Sorry. (laughs) No, this is great. Holy Spirit's really doing some wonderful stuff. I mean, I got to tell you, I mean, you get, God has stuff for you. You know, the, all those gifts of the Spirit, those are, that's for the body. Gifts of healing and gifts of prophecy and the working of miracles. That's for the body. That's not for the five, that's not exclusively five-fold ministry. That's for you. Yeah, let's, let's make room. Let's kind of keep coming in. All right, wow, this is awesome. God is going to light you up. And here's the thing. Ready now. This is what happens. As soon as you take that step and you say, I'm going to notice, then he's going to expect you to act upon what you notice. And you know what? You say, Well, Bill, what if what if I, I feel like a pain in my side and I turn to my coworker and I say, Do you have a pain in your side? And they say, No. Well, so what? You gotta realize the quality of your faith is not determined by the immediate outcome, but by the one you trust. Faith is always right. Trusting God is always the best thing to do, even if you don't see the immediate outcome. But you will eventually, it will happen. So I'm going to pray for you. But when I do recognize the responsibility, with the upgrade comes the output. (laughs) With the upgrade comes the output. I promise you, it might not be when you walk out the door, but it'll be tomorrow, it'll be the next day. And God's going to give you that opportunity. And when you will be faithful with that little bit, the more is going to come. The more is going to come right now. I want you to just raise your hands and repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what you paid for. Not only did Jesus die for me, but he was resurrected for me. And not only was he resurrected for me, but he ascended for me. And not only did he ascend for me, but he sent the Holy Spirit to fill me. To possess me to move through me everywhere and all the time and father i repent for quenching the spirit i repent for resisting the spirit i repent for not noticing i turn towards you and i notice that i have a supernatural lifestyle that will not be stopped by anything the enemy throws against me in my workplace in my family with my friends in my own body I am supernatural life being realized everywhere and all the time Holy Spirit fill me again flow through me again breakthrough over my life in Jesus name now just begin to pray in the spirit just pray come on lift up your voice lift up that tongue lift up that voice right now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus fill 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 fire fill. fill fill breakthrough supernatural life supernatural life signs wonders miracles they have been appointed for signs wonders and miracles they hear God's voice they hear God's voice. They step into obedience with what he says. Seeing people saved, delivered, healed. Filled in Jesus' name. Filled in Jesus' name. Filled in Jesus' name. Filled in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Fresh oil, new wine. Whoa! Fresh oil, new wine. Right now we would break every, every resistance over them every mindset that was restrained and strict we release these revivalists these firebrands these firebrands these firebrands these firebrands these firebrands fire woo! these firebrands to save deliver and heal emissaries of glory emissaries of the supernatural life of a king of glory in Jesus name. Now let's give him a shout of praise. Shout of praise. (laughs) Oh okay. Stay right here for a moment.
2: All right. I wanna it was great, it was long and great. Oh Here's what I want to ask if you are a parent. Uh, please go upstairs, get your children. I'm gonna ask the prophetic team, the ministers to the ministry team to be up front. Bring your children. Let, let them get some prayer. Let them get a, a bit of touch from the Holy Ghost. Um, here's what I want to do as we close. The Bible tells us Elijah, Elisha saw the mantle dropping from Elijah. And when he saw it, he was able to grab it and something changed in his life. This evening, I don't want us to take this moment lightly. I'm, I'm holding Pastor Bill's hand as a representation of the next generation. Come on. Grabbing hold Come a new on. mantle for our generation. So for a moment, one last time, just raise your hands with me. And let's just declare this. Father, we thank you for the work that you've done. We receive, we receive your glory. your presence, your your ways, your power, power, and your face in Jesus' mighty name. name. Amen and amen. Come on.